Hello, this is Starkashara, and today we'll be mapping collagen on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-minute matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected. We are all unique and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Star Kishara. Star is an author, speaker, and educator with 20 plus years of experience. Her passion for anti-aging research, botanical superfoods, and high-performance nutrition gives estheticians, skin therapists, and medispa professionals the facial rejuvenation education they need to help their clients achieve youthful, vibrant skin from the inside out. Star also created the very first nutritional dermatology diploma program in the world and trademarked Nutridermatology as part of her mission to show the world just how important plant-based nutrition is as a science-backed intervention for skin disorders. Hi, Star. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love how you talk about skin nutrition and that our skin nutrition goes right down to the health of our cells. It really is the health of our cells that informs how our skin looks and feels. And I just want to thank you first and foremost for that inside out perspective that you bring. And I know that everyone here knows that collagen is not just the white powder that we buy in the stores, but I'm (laughs) wondering if you can start us out by defining what collagen actually is. Absolutely. Collagen is one of the body's major structural proteins, and it does lots of different jobs. But in terms of skin, then we're more familiar with sort of the structural protein collagen that's in the skin, because there's multiple different types of collagen in and around the body. So in the extracellular matrix in the dermis, we have specialized cells called fibroblasts, and they actually create collagen. And collagen's job in the skin is literally it's scaffolding. It kind of props everything up. And that's kind of what it does. It's just it's scaffolding for the skin and it's a protein. So does it shift its production? Does it shift as we age? Is there something happening? And are there other dietary or lifestyle factors that decrease our ability to produce collagen? Yes, absolutely. It does start to decline after the age of about 30, which seems quite young, but it's quite a slow decline until about the menopause when it drops off quite steeply. But again, like, you know, just as, you know, in the body, nothing's one cause. There's multiple lifestyle and dietary factors that can sort of like prevent that happening so fast. So we can actually have an input in that to some extent. 
Yeah, it makes sense. And I've listened to you talk about what helps us build the collagen. So first looking at proteins and amino acids, and then certain vitamins and minerals. Can we start with those key amino acids? What helps us to build our collagen production? Yeah, absolutely. So the main amino acids are proline, glycine, and lysine. They are the key ones that actually build the collagen fibers or the sort of the proto-collagen that our fibroblasts create. And then there are certain minerals and vitamins. Like you said, vitamin C is absolutely key. Without enough vitamin C, we can't actually create collagen at all. And then there's things like zinc and magnesium, which are minerals that are really important in the production of collagen as well. So it's not sort of like one thing. It's this whole cluster of different nutrients that, you know, if we're not providing those in the right amounts at the right times, then it's really impossible for our bodies to create that collagen. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And I love you're bringing a really functional approach to it, right? Like it's nothing in isolation. It's no one thing in our life or in our diet in isolation. It's no one nutrient in isolation. And here we think we can boost our collagen production, let's say by taking collagen. Is that a fallacy? Is that a myth? So I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers. I love it. That's what we're all about. Let's ruffle Um, some feathers. (laughs) Yay. Um, So I'm not really about taking collagen as a supplement because I really am of the, you know, sort of not belief is the wrong word. Everything I do is like evidence-based. I'm really pro-science. And the science, you know, does show that we are quite capable of making enough protein for the collagen. Some of these amino acids don't even need to come from our diet. Some of them our body makes ourselves. And so we can actually create our own collagen. There's no need to take a supplement for collagen any more than we need to eat bones for bone health or brain cells for brain health. You know, we don't do those things. So I always see taking collagen as it's a bit of a marketing ploy more than anything. And, you know, there's no guarantee when we take that collagen that it's actually going to go where we want it to because the body decides. You know, the body, every cell has the blueprint of what it wants to do with whatever we put in our mouth. And so just because we even take a collagen supplement, our body is going to break that down into its constituent amino acids. You know, imagine a bead necklace, you know, the body chops it up into its little beads. And then, you know, the ribosomes in the little organelles in our cells decide how we put those beads back together into what type of protein we build, depending on what is needed most in the body. So collagen might not even go where we wanted to. It might not even end up as collagen. (laughs) And it sounds logical, but when we look at it from the perspective of how our bodies work at the cellular level, it's actually more of a marketing thing to take collagen for collagen's sake. You know, it's almost like homeopathic in the sense like, oh, you know, drink milk to make milk or, you know, eat brain cells (laughs) to create brain cells. It's slightly nonsensical. And I know some people are going to be annoyed at hearing that, but, you know, our body is designed to make the things that we need. Yeah. Is there any damage though, if we are consuming collagen? Because I'm assuming at least it works like as a protein powder, right? Like (laughs) it does have some of those key amino acids in it. Would you say that it's damaging or potentially damaging, or is it just not doing the thing we think it's doing? Yeah, it's a good question. And I haven't seen any information about it being damaging as such. I mean, maybe the sort of cheaper brands might have adulterants in them. In general, it's just like you said, it acts more like a protein supplement. And we don't really know 
which protein it's going to make and where it's going to end up. So it's almost like a very expensive protein supplement and it's just unnecessary. Yeah. So if we are looking to boost our own collagen production, help our clients and patients, if we think about the mediators, I'm assuming that we're talking about the foods that we do eat and consume that have these proteins, that have these vitamins and minerals. Do I have that right? And are there specific foods that you favor for supporting that boost? Yes, definitely. I mean, one of the major ones is vitamin C because the amino acids that we need to create collagen, we only actually need them in very tiny amounts, but the vitamins we actually need in in larger amounts. So things like manganese, which is very high in pineapple randomly. So I always encourage people to consume pineapple if they want to have great skin. And vitamin C is like the super modulator for collagen. And a lot of people don't eat enough foods with vitamin C. And we live in a kind of age where, you know, eating fruit is often seen as a bad thing. There's a lot of misinformation about fruit consumption out there. And it's a shame we see, I actually see a lot of clients who have very low vitamin C levels because they're literally avoiding an entire food group. That's one of the richest food groups for vitamin C. And I can always tell when I meet people looking at their skin and how much collagen it looks like their skin has. And I can always tell who's on sort of more of a paleo or keto diet. I call it sort of, it's like a sort of like a low carb face (laughs) Um, because I can tell they're not eating a lot of fruit, a lot of vitamin C rich foods. That's so fascinating. I mean, I always used to joke that when my son was little, when he was in preschool and kindergarten, and I would sit on the little bench and all the little kids were at face height that I could tell when they had certain food allergies, like a reaction to gluten or dairy. I could see it in their eyes and around their nose. And it's sort of that sixth sense you develop after years of practice. And it's fascinating that you can see that in our face. And I love how you're talking about vitamin C. It's such an important nutrient for so many biological functions and to think about its function in relation to our skin and immunity, just like it's, it's a fascinating connection. Yeah. And it's, it's a really important vitamin for so many things. And yet the sort of like the recommended amount for vitamin C daily is so low. It's basically the amount needed to stop you getting scurvy. You know, it's really not enough for optimal health or optimal skin health. And it's certainly not enough for optimal collagen production, especially later in life. So if we move to the center part of the matrix, are there areas like the gastrointestinal function that you're aware of or immune function or environmental inputs that actually impact our ability to produce collagen or accelerate that decrease? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking at the gastrointestinal, I mean, they say beauty starts in the bowel. So um, there is the gut skin access and you know any kind of disturbances there any kind of like dysbiosis has a huge effect on the skin not just on the skin microbiome because the two different biomes tend to work together and communicate even though one's on the surface of the skin and the other one's deep inside of us you know everything through the body communicates you know there's a huge issue with you know we're now things aren't working in the gut we see it straight away on the skin, you know, not just with collagen, but like every aspect of skin health, but everything is interconnected. So, you know, when we look at health and skin health at the cellular level, if the cells 
are not healthy because the gut is not healthy, then those cells can't possibly, you know, be given the right nutrients or the right messages to the fibroblasts to create the collagen in the first place. Yeah, that's an important message right there. We have to recognize that everything is connected, right? Like <laughs> yeah. We can't do the skin and beauty work we want to do if there's dysfunction happening within. I'm assuming detoxification too, which goes back to the gut, but I would imagine with those environmental inputs and detoxification challenges that again, our collagen production is impacted. Do I have that right? Absolutely. I mean, so you have things like, you know, oxidation and inflammation. And, you know, if the body isn't detoxifying correctly through all of the different elimination channels, and you know that skin is one of the elimination channels, which is, you know, why things show up on the skin quite instantly when the body's, you know, not having a good time. And so, you know, when the body starts to build up toxins, cellular waste, there's actually a term called garb aging, like garbage <laughs> in the cells causing aging. And so one of the things that happens is not only does that interfere, it inhibits collagen production, but also more of the enzymes can become in place, which actually break down the collagen and the elastin in our skin as well. So it's like a two-pronged effect. Uh, we're not creating enough collagen because we're, you know, sick at the cellular level. And we're also breaking it down too quickly and we're not replacing it you know, fast enough. So that can all happen when we have, you know, garbage in the cells, when our cells are not detoxified. Yeah. Again, I love how this conversation about collagen and a protein that we produce internally leads us to think about the entire ecosystem in the body. And if we move over to the right side of the matrix and we think about nutrition, you gave us some key pointers. And I liked how you spoke about how you can tell in a person's face if they're <sighs> keto or paleo. I've also heard you speak about seeing in somebody's face that they eat a higher carb diet, that you can see that inflammation. So what's our happy place? I know, of course, that it's different <laughs> for each of us, but how do we put it into context for ourselves, for our clients and patients in terms of collagen support? Yeah. I mean, with collagen support, the thing to bear in mind is, you know, if you imagine like nutrition is a spectrum, you know, I don't like to think in terms of meals and food groups because that's kind of Me like neither. a society. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm always saying the body needs nutrients, not meals. Like it doesn't, you know, exactly. it's like food groups is just painting by numbers. Like for those of us in there, though, we, we look at the nutrients. And so if you imagine like the whole spectrum of nutrients and different dietary styles, the closer we get to our diets being mainly composed of colorful fruits and vegetables, the more resilient, youthful, and regenerative our skin is. And so that's kind of like a very broad brush thing based on 20 years of research I've, I've done in this field. The, the same pattern kept emerging over and over again, whether we're looking at oxidation, collagen synthesis, you know, glycation, all of these different things that affect skin health. Over and over again, the same pattern kept emerging. The more we ate colorful fruits and vegetables and the less we ate sort of brown, beige, dehydrated and animal-based foods, the healthier the skin is. So where you go on that spectrum is kind of like up to you. You know, you can go really extreme or you could like go in the middle. It's, it's down to you. But, you know, just the more you move over to colorful fruits and vegetables, the more you're going to see your skin becoming more resilient, more youthful, healthy and all of the things we want, glowing, vibrancy at the cellular level, you know, strong nails and hair, all the rest of it. 
plant-powered, whatever that means yes. <laughs> for you or the people exactly. that you're helping, plant-powered. <laughs> what about sleep and exercise and stress? Does that impact our collagen production? Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, again, like everything in health, it's all interconnected. And, you know, the body needs a lot of sleep. A human being is a very complicated animal. I know, <laughs> you know it's so true. Right? We've reduced it in these like <laughs> protocols we do, but yes, complex. Yeah, we're very complex. And, you know, a complex being needs a lot of downtime. You know, we have to switch off. We have to rest. That's where the regeneration takes place. This is where we build our collagen. This is where we detoxify. This is where our cells are building new things and building every little part of us as we sleep. So, of course, the less sleep we have, the less of that's going to happen. And personally, I'm a nine hours a wow, night person. Good for you. <laughs> that's one of my things. And I will sleep that long <laughs> every single night because it's that important. I mean, they call it beauty sleep. You know, it's not a very scientific term, but it's come from somewhere. And in terms of exercise and movement, as much as the human needs its rest and downtime, we also need the polar opposite. You know, life is duality, right? So we also need that activity and the activity, you know, pushes, you know, the blood into our cells. It pushes the nutrients through the bloodstream into the skin. It feeds the collagen, you know, the fibroblasts need these nutrients to build this collagen. Where's it coming from? It's coming from the capillaries, from the bloodstream, you know, all of those nutrients get there that way. So with exercise, it kind of helps that whole system move around properly. It gets the blood pumping. Yeah, beautifully said. I love the interconnections you're speaking into. As a postmenopausal woman, I feel inspired to uh, do some new things in my routines and to really remind all the practitioners out there that everything is indeed connected. We are all unique and all things matter. Star, thank you so much for joining me today. You're so welcome. Thank you. The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks to Natalie Merrill, Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, and Rowan Bradley for their support in making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our full body systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your clients' issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.